Welcome to the Android Podcast. Today, I've got a very special guest with me, Chris Otara. We've been friends for a couple of years now, but yeah. it's the first time we've officially <laughs> met. Yeah. Um, come to his down in Bournemouth to record this interview because Chris has got a very strong story. Chris has also been for a very strong spiritual journey, which we're going to delve into. I'm excited to hear about that. Um, and I'm sure we're going to be able to help a lot of people because you're, you're out there, you're doing it. You've got a lot of clients that you're working with now as well. You're helping them get through trauma, anxiety, mental health. Yeah. Um, so I'm sure we're going to have a great conversation. I'm sure we're going to be able to help a lot of people. So just for the people watching this, people who don't know you, give us a little bit of your background. Tell us a bit of your journey and how you've come into being able to help people with trauma, anxiety, depression, and cool. mental health. Cool. Thanks for the introduction. That was nice. Yeah, pleasure. Um, yeah. So yeah, I I am not predominantly. I wouldn't suggest that I was necessarily spiritual up until about the age of thirty years old. Wow. I, the idea of spirituality hadn't really crossed my mind at all until I was thirty. But because of the choices I had made leading up to that, depression, anxiety, drugs, um, making bad choices with my life, it kind of the the way that. The ego took me down that yeah. that path to led me to the point of destruction where I had this massive epiphany when I was 30. And I left my wife and my job and London within a very short period of time after that, um, which I didn't actually know that's what, what was happening at the time. I was actually very confused at the time. I just was following a new path. And my intuition kicked in, which is like, if you continue going down this path, you're going to die or you're going to be unfulfilled in some way. But I hadn't contemplated spiritual development. And then, um, yeah, moved back down to Dorset. Start, I just needed some space. I needed some space just to uh, to reevaluate things. But then again, no spiritual people in my family at all. In fact, it wasn't until I met Dina, my wife, uh, who really was like doing mantra music and listening to kirtan and devotional music, what I thought was really weird and strange to begin with. I thought this woman's lost <laughs> a lot. Um, she's a powerful woman. That's she's amazing. Yeah, she's great. Um, but yeah, I just unknowingly was stumbling across all of these. Um, and now looking back over the last five years, I've seen that the universe has a plan for everyone. It has a plan for everyone, whether you know it or not, whether you have realized it or not. And uh, books kept coming to me at the right time. And I just was started reading a lot more. I never really read a book until I was 30. I read books at school, but then I just got on with work. Yeah, take them seriously. Yeah, and I just love reading now. Like my, my books, um, I find a lot of solace in books. And um, they come to you when you need them. You yeah. can't read a book that's more advanced than you are. I've tried to do that. You just have to put it on the shelf and wait. Yeah. I've had a couple of times of that. I've picked a book up, started reading it, and it just wasn't the right time for yeah. it. I was like, I'm going to come back to you. Maybe a few years. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So then we, uh, I sold my house. I split the money with my, my ex-partner, and we went traveling, and we left the country without a, really a plan. Um, we just headed to India because my wife has that cultural background, and that was really the beginning of what I can only describe as um, a spiritual development within yourself is actually relieving yourself of mental suffering. It's people, it's actually far simpler than you would imagine. It's actually 
coming to terms with your own mind and listening to the thoughts in your mind and really reflecting on those things like, oh, why do I think this way? And asking yourself questions and going inwards because all of the answers essentially are inside you. There are no answers. You can read books all day long and yeah. understand it intellectually, but it's not until you really sit in silence and sit and sit and sit and just uh, like I was blindfolding myself for a period of time. Um, in the darkness, there is light. In, yeah, it's all all the answers are inside you, and the more you delve into that that ma the macrocosm or the microcosm of yourself, and really ask yourself, why do I have these characteristics? Where did I get these mannerisms from? Yeah. Which genetical side of my family did I pick up this trait from? <laughs> why do I speak this way? Why do I treat? Why are my relationships this way? And just why, 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 why? And you're unraveling, and unraveling is basically an undoing of your old self to to find a more authentic, freer version of yourself, which everyone already is. That's the paradox. Yeah. It's about, that's that's the, the great thing about spiritual journey. Absolutely. So tell us a little bit about your epiphany that you had when you was 30. What, what happened? What was the feelings? What was the sensations? Yeah. What was the full patterns that really give you that aha moment going, oh my God, I've been doing everything wrong. Yeah. Yeah, so I was on the way to work. Um, I, Left work really quickly, jumped on a bike. I was working in a restaurant. Yeah. Uh, I was an assistant general manager of a restaurant. I was on my way to bike. I was going through Bank Station in London at like six in the morning, cold September day, and it started raining, and I didn't bring a jacket. It was something so simple. And the rain started landing on my... I was like, oh, this sucks, man. Like, <laughs> is this my life? But it's like, you know what bank's like? It's just concrete. It's just like concrete walls and big doors, and it was dark, and it was miserable. Wow, energy. I just started crying. And it was like, a, is it, I'm 30, like, is this really what I'm going to do for the next 30 years? And these questions started appearing in my head, which up until that point, I never considered yeah. that I was on a, I thought life was just life. You get what you're given. Yeah. You know, you're on a hamster wheel. Yeah. And uh, I just sat, I moved my bike over to the side and I sat on this step with my head in my hands thinking, man, what's happening to me? Like, why, why am I having emotions? Like for the first time, emotions started flowing and I didn't go to work that day. I went home, <clears throat> I went back to bed and I didn't see my wife. We were had different schedules. She was out networking and over a period of time, I just kind of, um, we kept, we eventually had that conversation. We were like, I said, I don't know if this is working. She was like, what are we doing? Like, she also agreed with me Yeah. when I brought it to the table. She was always like, yeah, this isn't working. And we've been together for 12 years yeah. since we were little. Yeah, if something's not working, change it. Yeah, and you're flocking a dead horse. Yeah. You know, like if your relationship yeah. isn't, if you're not working on your relationship and you're just living these patterns of behavior, um, now I have the complete opposite relationship. But at that, that period, um, I didn't really know what was happening to me. To be honest, uh, there was just a crack. Something shifted in my perception yeah. because of rain. It's so simple. And, and from that moment on, um, the ever developing, I mean, now it just never ends. Every, every day is a, is a, a it's con amazing. It's, every day is amazing. Like now it's a, I wake up in the morning and I'm like, wow, so humbled by just existing. Uh, and, and I know now the direction I want to go in. I know who I am more than ever. I know who my friends are. And through this whole process, I realized that the people who I considered my friends before weren't necessarily 
um, well, they were who they are. I love them all now, dearly. And uh, but you, as your vibration shifts, the law of attraction is the law of attraction, yes. and you have to sadly let go of things in order to receive other things. Um, so I don't, I don't, I don't really speak to anyone I used to speak to in the past. I still love them all. I want them all to be happy. But, um, but that, that that period, I didn't actually technically know what was happening to me. It wasn't until I got to India and I started reading books about spiritual development and awakening and gurus and Buddha. And I was like, wow, this is a thing? Like, yeah. this ha- p- people are awake? What does this even mean? Like, yeah. what does awake mean? Because up until 30, I now know that there were millions of people on this planet who were having spiritual awakenings. And I wasn't one of them. No. I was that guy in London on his bike working hard. It's so funny, though. Everyone who I know has been through a spiritual awakening gets it at different times. Yeah. And they all have different things happen to them in their life. Yeah. It might be one thing, but when it comes to you, and the difference it makes to a person I've seen personally. Mm. One of my friends, he went for a spiritual awakening and he had the biggest awakening I've ever seen. It went on for months and months and months and he was just unraveling all of this stuff and the emotions and the things that were going through him. Yeah. Like He was sending me stuff, what about this, what about this? It's like, but it's just calm one step at a time. It's just, it's happening. Like you can, you're going to go, you're going through something very, very powerful. So yeah. for people who don't really understand what a spiritual awakening is and what it can do for you as well, yeah. like, let's delve into that a little okay, bit cool. as well. Cause I think that might be, we're sitting there talking about it. People are like, what is it? Like they might not even know what it is. They might not have had their, their spiritual awakening. Yeah. It might not be their time, but if people are actually watching and listening to this podcast, it might, there might be, ready for something so, okay, cool. so let's delve into that a little bit if that's all right of course yeah and uh because i know you're very knowledgeable on this subject as well so and when me and you talk we talk for hours about it. so let's get deep and let's really help and give the people who are okay. watching this and listening to this um some value about about the spiritual journey why it's important mm. and how it can help them as well okay cool yeah. So up in, uh, I'll just use the contrast between the old and the old version of me and the new version of me. Uh, the old version of me was unhealthy, not mentally unhealthy, um, physically unhealthy as a result of that. Like I was, I was quite beef. I used to go to the gym, but I wasn't, wasn't eating right. I wasn't aware that I had a body. Yeah. I was so engrossed in the physical activity of living that I had never actually considered that I had a physical body and that I was responsible for that body. And the McDonald's and the coffee and the drugs and the alcohol abuse and you no know, wonder life sucked. Yes. Like, um, and it wasn't until I started realizing that I wasn't my body and that I had a body and that I was responsible for that body, but I was separate from the body. The thing that you that we all are essentially is the 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 energetic space beyond the body, and if you've ever experienced it you experience such unity and 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 peace and love love for everything like whether it's animals or plants or you just realize that everything is connected through that inner peace and that wasn't an option before that i was so in the physical uh physical material material world i thought this was real uh we won't go in well we can go into that later but um (laughs) the quantum field is happening and it essentially is a holographic reality that's been projected through our our consciousness is projecting this reality and you're the reality 
it's very difficult for people to understand, uh, to accept that they are creating their own reality. Now, looking back at my whole life, I have to take full responsibility that everything I said and did was creating the toxic relationships that I had yeah. and the, the, the relationships I had with my family and with my friends and all of the relationships I had with my colleagues or didn't have or I wanted to have and I couldn't have and I didn't understand why I couldn't yeah. have them. It was because of me. And that's what's known as the birth of responsibility. When you oh, take 100% responsibility, responsibility for your own oh, life. Yeah. I like that. And that is a big, that's a big thing to swallow. I like that. You tell people sometimes when I'm coaching people um, and they come to you with their problems and you, you listen to them and you, um, it's kind of like a bombshell to drop on them to say, you know, you're creating this. Yeah. And they're always trying to project the blame onto their wife, onto their children, onto their colleagues. Someone else, someone else. And the ego is a slippery character because it, evolutionary wise the ego is brilliant yeah. it's a genius mechanism that we developed to protect us um, and we'll get further into the ego as we go yes, through because to understand what the ego actually is is to be free of it when we drop the ego things change yeah and but the the ego is a an identification with form yeah. with physical it's always trying to identify itself with things yeah. and put itself um, into your life. Yeah. And it, um, one of my favorite speakers, Aaron Apke, he says, uh, the ego is the automatic self. It's the self that is, um, that comes up when you're not paying attention to reality. Yeah. When you really pay attention to reality, the ego is not there yeah. because you've decided I am aware of reality. Yeah. But as soon as you're not aware, the ego steps in as an evolutionary process to protect you. So you don't accidentally do something that can kill you. So the, the ego is an evolutionary process that was uh, that we evolved to protect us. And that is, when you understand that, you actually thank it. You actually are grateful for the ego. Like, I'm glad you were there the whole time. Because <laughs> if you hadn't been, I could be dead. Like, I might not have completed. Um, it's almost like the bumper uh the bumper rails on a on a bowling alley yeah. it's there to protect you and guide you um but there comes a point where it's driven you crazy and it's destroyed you and it's led you down dark alleyways uh, when i was young my ego was very dark yeah violence drugs yeah. <laughs> it was terrible really. yeah. when i was about 17 18 every weekend it'd be Let's go out, get drunk, take drugs, and have a fight. And get in a fight. And get in a fight yeah. every weekend. Yeah. Like, it was just crazy. And yeah. the thing is, I was half the time I wasn't even going out looking for a fight, but because my ego, I didn't even realize I was doing it. Well, you, you just, it's the automatic. The automatic and the subconscious. It's unconscious. That all of a sudden, yeah. I'm in a fight. Yeah. Like, uh, you're, a, you're attracting it because of yeah. your inner, yeah. the inner pain yeah. or trauma, unresolved trauma, yeah. attracts those circumstances. Yeah. I remember one night I was about 18, I was in this local nightclub, and we got attacked by about 30 people, me and my, one of my friends. Like, they kicked shit out of us. <laughs> <laughs> like, it was 30 of them and two of us. And we thought we was brave, we thought we was tough. You know, you're 18 years of age. Oh, no, and... That is one of the times where I had a near-death experience. I should have been dead that night. They kicked living hell out of us. So many times you've been so close. Do you know to... what? I've, I've actually worked out. I think I've had nearly six, maybe seven times where I should have died in my life. Well, that explains why you're on a spiritual journey now. Yeah. 
Because yeah. a lot I've of people, work to do. a lot of people who um, get to that near point, near death experience, the ego only exists while it believes it is needed. Yeah. It's almost like its existence depends on you needing it. And uh, a lot of people who have near death experiences, they write that their ego dissolves in a heartbeat because the ego says, "Well, I'm not needed anymore." So then when they come back after a near-death experience, they've had some kind of profound shift where they yeah. see reality so clearly yeah. and they go, oh, where's that defense mechanism gone? I can pinpoint my time. Yeah. When I it was about 12 years ago and someone dropped a scaffold fitting from 70 foot landed on my head. Um, very lucky to be alive. But I was in hospital a couple of days and I woke up disfigured. I woke up uh, big chunk out of my head, 49 big metal staples, holding my head together. And that was it, I just went, oh, I will never be negative, dark energy ever again. Mm. And since then I was just, so I need to change, I need to do. And that, from that moment it was, mm. that's when my spiritual journey started. Yeah, it's like um, everyone is fed up, but it's not until you're fed up being fed up. Yeah. Is when you decide to change, and that's what happened to me in London. I was, I've Dumb. been, I've been fed up my whole life. Yeah. But it wasn't until I was fed up of being fed up I said, yeah. "I'm gonna, someone's gonna give." I'm tired of being tired. I'm tired of being I'm so sick and tired of being sick and tired. Yeah. And that is ultimately anyone watching this who wants to change their life in some way or wants something different, whether it's a better relationship or a better income stream or better opportunities to travel, to meet new people, to experience things that you may have always aspired to, to experience. All of those things are possible. The only reason, the only limitation you have is your mind. That's the only limitation on human beings. It's almost like you're born perfect, and then your mind has been conditioned over your life. And school has a big say in the limitation of the human behavior. Our parents, our culture, our social circles, our friends, they're all putting filters in our mind the whole time. And it wasn't until I got to 30 where I was like, what the hell is going on? And I took all these filters off through taking um, LSD, yeah. smoking weed. Um, a lot of people um, associate drugs with irresponsibility or like being a stoner. But if you're using, but if you're using all of these chemicals like to your benefit, not just like watching Netflix, or binging on food, or just going out with your mates in a park and drinking cider, which is they're all fun things to do. But if you're just like reading a book on Stoic philosophy while on LSD, you will have massive profound <laughs> shifts in your consciousness. Like, um, I'm, I'm up for that. Yeah. Like, I've always been a go hard or go home kind of yes. guy. So I was like, in Nepal, for instance, me and this Russian guy, Kyle, we took LSD and we just talked about, we walked through the forest talking about maths and philosophy, and science, and wow. religion, and spirituality. One of the most intelligent men I've ever met, he's from St. Petersburg, and we just had the best day, but by the end of that day, we were different human beings. You, you don't go on a journey like that through the Nepalese forest for 10 hours, and come out the other end, and I... So and be normal, and be, be the same person. You can't be the same person. You, you, you open pockets of your, your brain that you had never considered, especially on... LSD, um, but like, don't don't take LSD and like sit and watch TV because that's a program in itself. We'll get into that later. Yeah, what the, what the TV is. Um, it's called programming for a reason. But understanding understanding the human mind is. Uh, I never even knew I had a mind until I was started waking up. I'd never actually ever considered that I had thoughts, that I had emotions, that I had a body, 
I was so engrossed in the activity of living and worrying about everything and stressing and being concerned and defending myself because of the psychology that I was given by my programming that I had never actually taken time out and go, what is this? What's really happening here? Like, how, how do I get what I actually want, which is what we discussed earlier, peace, yeah. happiness, and to feel love? Yeah. Which is what everyone, everyone wants. wants. They want peace, they want to be happy, yeah. and they want love. love. They either want to receive love or they want to give love, because yeah. giving love is receiving love. You know, when you give someone a present, you always feel so good. <laughs> yeah, of course. Giving a present is better than receiving a present. When you give it and you see that person's reaction, you go, wow. I, I, you get, feel so I good. get more out of giving to people than anything. Yeah. When I see people happy or I see people changing their lives with the coaching and stuff that I've been doing with yeah. people and just even through the podcast, mm. the reaction we're getting through this is incredible. You yeah. know, uh, people really coming out of the woodwork and thank you and and that just for me means more yeah. than more than anything. And hopefully we can create a great big community of people coming together who want to make a change or want to make a difference in their lives yeah. and just do good. Yeah. And share, yeah. like I said earlier, like growth is essentially um your ability to comprehend alternative perspectives. Yeah. If you like all of these books that I've read, like hundreds of books, you're essentially reading other people's perspectives. Mm. And some of them you agree with and some of you don't agree with and some of them you like and some of them you don't like. But it's still the ability to consider an alternative perspective and then see if it works for you. Um, some people I listen to and I go, that doesn't really work for me. It works for them yeah. and it's perfect. And I know a lot of people who follow them and millions and they have millions of followers and, uh, and I still doesn't necessarily mean I have to go, that's for me because yeah. we're all different. And that's the beautiful thing about, uh, the uniqueness of awakening is everyone is on their own journey. Every single person on this planet is different, but at the same time, humans are all the same. Yeah. So it's we're this paradox one. is we're all one. But everyone is different. Everyone's everyone, different at the same time. I, I had this, I had this with a friend. We were, we went for a little smoke in, uh, in the forest one time and we were just sitting looking at the trees while walking his dog. And he said to me something that I always remember. He says, every single leaf you see is different. And I was just blown away. It seemed so obvious. <laughs> and there was millions of millions. And yeah. he was like, they're all different. There is not one of them the same. Yeah. I was like, wow, that's really profound. Like, but from our perspective, they just look like leaves. Yeah. But if you got them and you went through them all, they would all be absolutely different. Yeah. And it's the same with human beings. Everyone is authentically and genuinely different. And whatever you bring to the table is Joby, uh, is 100% unique and it will never exist again. Never exist Unless you again. get kind on Facebook. <laughs> Unless someone claims your identity on Facebook. Four times. <laughs> that's insane. That's something I've been dealing with. And um, for Facebook to not even recognise it. That yeah. The, so basically, just to give you a bit of an insight, for those watching it, my account, my account got cloned. It's been count four times. Uh, they're basically my name, all my photos, all my videos, and then Facebook say it doesn't break community guidelines. So Facebook, I will be in touch with the police because <laughs> they're going out and conning people using my name. I mean. That's insane. Yeah, it's really bad. And it's been very stressful as well. Yeah, of course. Very, very stressful. And it's something I've had to deal with. It's just another, like a stress on top of a stress that 
I don't need. No, of course. You're also recovering from an injury, right? Yes. So I had a major car accident back in July. And I got hit by a lorry and squashed into another car. Another near-death experience. <laughs> I should not be here. Like, how I'm sitting here today is just beyond me. It really is. I don't know. Um, so every day for me is an absolute blessing. But, yes, yeah, so it was only in July that I had this yeah. another accident and another near-death experience. Um, and... Now all of a sudden I've got to deal with this, yeah, <laughs> which just, bring just brings on anxiety again. Yeah. And you know I've literally just got myself over feeling good again yeah. after the accident, four, three yeah. or four months after, start feeling good, and then another situation comes up. So this is the same with all of you who are probably watching this. Things happen, and it's knowing how to deal with them. And also, yeah. the universe is going to give you whatever it, you need to grow. Yeah. So some, from your perspective now, you're like, this sucks, but yeah. the universe is like. Keep growing, you know, be yeah. like, we're going to keep giving you things to be anxious about until you get over your anxiety. We're going to keep giving you things to be stressful about until you stop being stressed. Yeah. We're going to keep giving you situations to battle with your anger. Bring it up. We're going to keep giving you this. Like a lesson will be repeated until it is learnt. Yeah. So you always attract those things in your life until you can, you only evolve to the next level. That's about growing. And it's just the same thing I've mentioned in a couple of other podcasts. When you're yeah. going through when you're going through situations and something comes up in your life and you just keep repeating it and repeating it and repeating it, you're gonna get the same outcome. Yeah. So like because the law of attraction is the law of vibration essentially. Um as we're all like Nikola Tesla says the best thing, if you think of the universe in terms of energy, vibration, and frequency, and you can just maintain that perspective all day which is really difficult for people to do because mm-hmm. uh, we get kind of stuck in our lives and we get stuck with the bus is late, it starts raining, this person said this, and the next thing you know, you've forgotten all of the vibration and then you're just stuck in this mind pattern again. But he says if you can maintain that and understand that you're attracting and repelling everything because of your vibration, then it's humbling that when nice things happen, you go, oh, yeah, cool, I attracted this into my life. Or you don't consciously do it. It's just something that you're always, the law of attraction is always taking part. That's why we said we met um, through the circumstances of Bitcoin mm-hmm. and doing all of the social, um, what's it called, like marketing and yes. all of the, the mining and stuff. But ultimately, our conversations led to philosophy. Whenever we talk, we always talk about spirituality, philosophy, shamanism, everything. Yeah. <laughs> it's very, very, even though we was working in Bitcoin, yeah. our whole thing was let's just talk about spirituality because we just love it so much. Yeah, like Bitcoin is. Is important, yeah, and it's it's going amazing, yeah. and we are reaping the rewards of it. But ultimately, it's still physical world stuff. Yeah, it's something that we need. I just like the fact that the banks are collapsing and Bitcoin's emerging, and that's really what I celebrate. When I got into Bitcoin, it was more like a like an anti-establishment kind of like <laughs> banks are collapsing, and the phoenix out of the ashes is the, the Bitcoin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Their time had been and gone, you know, yeah. like it's time for that institution to... It, again, it's the same thing, and we're just going into that. It's, the world is evolving. Massive. People are evolving. Institutions are evolving. Everything is changing, and yeah. we're coming through a new... It seems like we've got, the whole world is having a shift, the vibrational energy of things being lifted up. Yeah, it's, and, it's really beautiful. Yeah. And it's really amazing uh, going from being someone who is completely unconscious... Uh, not having any to realizing what courts were, what the law was, what the governments were actually doing, what the television companies were actually doing, what the food industries have been doing, what the pharmaceutical industries have been doing, 
what the Queen actually is doing, what the Vatican has been doing, like uncovering all of these. What I, at the time when I was learning about the truth of the actual history of humanity, um, I was in an angsty, angry period of my life. So I always thought they were to blame. But actually, technically, none of these people are doing anything wrong. They were just doing what they, they were just doing what they were doing. Yeah. And unconscious people allowed them to do it. There's a there's a maxim in law. A maxim is uh, like a, a fundamental principle that all other laws are based on. Okay. And it's a it's a legal principle. And one of the principles, one of the maxims is um, allow those to be deceived who can be deceived. So you're not allowed to step in and say, hey, you're deceiving this person. If someone, if you know someone is deceiving another person, you actually technically have to leave them to do it. And it's because that person is allowing themselves to be deceived. And you're not allowed to interfere with deception. Wow. That's a maximum law. That was written in Catalonian law like 2,000 years ago. Now we're going to go into a subject that (laughs) we both love uh, because you've studied this a lot. A lot more than me, but I just find it fascinating. So let's talk yeah. about, okay, cool. about the law. Okay, and, cool. Um, obviously, you've been through a few situations. Yeah. Um, so let's just delve into that. Okay, Tell cool, me yeah. a little bit about your story. It actually relates to spirituality you, actually, as well. Exactly. So how you understand, how you got involved with this, and let's bring this into the spirituality realm as well. Yeah. So I, I can feel so much love and gratitude for the police because the police in England actually woke me up fundamentally. Uh, quite aggressively when you've been locked in a few cells uh, <laughs> and you're left alone with your thoughts your ego starts freaking out yeah. what am I doing in here how did you get into here is everything you're saying correct and actually causes a lot of mental stress and through doing it repeatedly it collapsed yeah. in one of the cells I thought I can either go to sleep or meditate because I'm not getting out of here that door is locked so I <laughs> <laughs> like <laughs> do, do we want to know so I just learned to meditate in the cell and I had some profound out-of-body experiences in cells where I was like, wow, I feel so peaceful. And I can hear all the other people in all the other cells banging Screaming. on the doors, get me out of here. And I'm like, such negative. Well, wow, you think the police you? are just going to let you out of the cell? Like yeah. you're wasting your time. So basically what happened to me is um, Nietzsche, the philosopher, I'll quickly do a re Nietzsche, the philosopher said that there are four categories of humans. There are the slaves, there are the anarchists, there are the creators, and there are the geniuses. And I had spent my entire life being a slave, not knowing that I was under the ownership of the monarchy. and just living out my life. And then when I came out of that period, I became the anarchist because I fought hard. I was like, I have been deceived. These police are the Stanford prison experiment, and I, I don't want to be controlled by anyone. And my ego was still very much in place and was fighting the government. Like, and because of my character, I, I wanted to know whether I can get rid of my birth certificate, my driver's license, my insurance, my MOT. And I wanted to know whether I could just travel around in a car and to get just to see what would happen. Oh, okay. Because I didn't, I completely disidentified with my character. Yeah. Through the awakening process, you realize that you're not your name. You're not a piece of paper with your name written on it. These are just... That's the government you know, government owning you, right? Yeah. And if you identify with that name, then they own you. But if you say, no, I don't want to be that name, they can't own you. And through learning that knowledge, through studying the law, I wanted to know whether it was true. Yeah. Because if it's just an intellectual concept in my head, that wasn't enough. I needed to actually go through the process of knowing 
whether it was true. So yeah. I got arrested. They they took my cars off me. They crushed my cars. <laughs> you purposely got arrested. I went, but I did it. I didn't do it aggressively. I did it as like a social experiment. To see, <laughs> to see if I could to see what would happen. Oh my God, that's brilliant. Yeah. So I put my car in a trust, me and my I friend. wondered what the, the prisons, like the jail thing was. So this is it. Yeah, that's it. Right, that's it. Okay, so okay. we, um, so, so there's nothing bad people. Yeah, no <laughs> criminal activity. Although from your perspective, it might be considered as criminal. Yeah. But I didn't hurt anyone. And that's the most important thing. Yeah, and then, well, um, for bone in your body. I mean, it's just the most placid person. And I'd always, I'd always say to the police, listen, like, there's been a misinterpretation. You believe something and I believe something else. And he goes, well, you're under arrest. And I get the handcuffs in the back of the car and go to the police station. But because I knew the legal system through studying it, I wouldn't say my name. Yeah. I wouldn't sign anything. And I wouldn't talk in interviews. So I would essentially be brought to the, the police station in silence and leave in silence without being charged uh, for any information out there. If you, if you do want to go through this process, don't speak and don't sign anything because they rely on what's known as um, joinder. Joinder is where they offer you something and you agree where they, if they hand you a pen to sign something, as soon as you take that pen to sign it, you're agreeing to their terms and conditions. If they ask your name and you answer, you're agreeing to their question. So it's a very difficult thing to practice when you're in a court and there's a judge and like magistrates <laughs> and they're I? talking to you and you're sitting there in silence. And they know that you know. Right. This is the game that happens in the courts. And it's like a, an intellectual, spiritual game of chess. God. And they, they know exactly what, what you're, you're doing. doing. Yeah. And they're like, oh, this person knows. We're, so they always we're wait. We're they, in trouble, yeah. Yeah, well, then they, they know it's a game. And I've had, I've had um, judges laughing. <laughs> uh, like... Oh, I, I like this guy. Like, <laughs> like, <laughs> like I, I like, I like, almost like tip the hat at you kind of things. Like, oh, this guy's doing well. Like, good for you. Uh, and I've also had judges blow up and get really pissed off and like really aggressive. But you just have to maintain. So, how many times have you actually done this process? I've been arrested. I'd say fifteen times, and I've went to they they hold you in cells. But because you don't say your name, you don't have any ID, and you don't sign anything, they just let you go. Right. And then sometimes the charges still add up, you see. They're still processing you without your consent. Yeah. And then eventually I was coming back into the country one time and they arrested me at the border and they took my passport off me and they handcuffed me, put me in the car, took me to court. And this is like 40-something thousand pounds worth of court fees for like four years. And I just went to court. And what it ultimately came down to was I said, I'll never, ever pay you the money and you can't send me to jail. That is what it comes down to. There is no criminal activity because there's no victim. There is no human suffered as a result of my actions, which means there cannot be a victim and thus no criminal charge against me. This is just your rules and regulations that you've oppressed on me that I have just said no to. Yeah. And I have the right to do that because I am a man who can make free will choices. Okay. And that's something that comes down to spiritual belief, which is, Everyone has the right and the free will, which is given to us by God or the universe, to make any decision we want, providing we do not cause loss, harm, or injury on another being. That's like the Ten Commandments, right. which is most of the laws of our countries are based on the Ten Commandments, which goes back to Vatican law, Canalonian law. So as long as you stand in any court and say, I don't agree with this, and please leave me alone. 
they will kick up a massive fuss. They will threaten you. They'll put you in cells. They'll give you pieces of paper. They'll write messages to you. But if you just maintain your calmness and your decorum and you still believe what you believe, uh, I said, look, I'll never, ever give you 40 grand. Ever. Ever. And I mean it. And you can't send me to jail. So we're stuck between a rock and a hard place here because no one has ever called the police to report me for a crime. It's only you guys oppressing me is the reason I'm here. And I don't want to be oppressed. Leave me alone. That's all I wanted. I wanted peace. I want Genius. peace. And they, they <laughs> how do you argue with that? They just said, get out. They went, get out. They get rid of this guy. He's gone. They said, get out. <laughs> too much and time. <laughs> too much energy has been wasted yeah. because through taking LSD, I lost all my fear. There was no fear left yeah. in me. I, I no longer cared that I would go to a cell. I no longer cared that I would go to jail. I, there was just no fear. And the law re- is adamant on fear. They rely on the fear of humans. And the fear is created by the ego. The ego's belief in separation. It believes that everything is separate and that we need to protect ourselves. And the ego in that way is actually doing you a favor in a weird way. It's trying to protect you. So we, the, the more fear someone has, the more ego there is. The more ego there is, the more fear there is. The ego is fear. So because most people are trapped in the ego still, they're still worried when they get that paper through the thing. It says, you have been summoned to court, 600 pounds. The fear, like what is going to happen? They're going to take money off me. They're going to take my car. And their mind starts spiraling into what could happen, which then leads them picking up the phone, paying right. 600 quid just to, just, lose, to just to lose the fear. The fear can eat people up. I have people contact me all the time and say, I've got this letter in the post and they're going to, and I said, all right, first of all, just relax. Like you spiraling out of control into a state of fear is not going to make this letter and go also, away. And also, that also adds to your stress, your anxiety. Law of attraction. Everything. Your relationship ends. Everything, your car, like, everything's in a, yeah, downwards. Yeah. And yeah. I've been there where I just thought to myself, I should just pay this because my life, I mean, my determination to get to the end of that journey, the legal journey, um, was massive in my paramount in spiritual way. Yeah. Because it, my determinism to get to that point uh, helped me massively to realize that I wasn't who I thought I was. Yeah. I'm not the thought of my identification with who I thought I was. I'm definitely not that piece of paper with that name on it. So I'm not even going to touch. If I get a, a statement from a, I just put it straight in the bin. I don't even take ownership of it. That's nothing to do with me. Thank you. With peace. Okay. <laughs> um, but another thing is when you live in a society, you actually, um, you should adhere to the rules and regulations of, I'm not saying everyone should be lawless. No, of course. Definitely obey, the sp- uh, like, obey the speed limit. Pay council tax. Council tax pays for ambulances. And uh, like the NHS exists on our taxes. I'll tell like, you, without the NHS, I would not be alive. Yeah. Them nurses and doctors saved my life multiple times. Yeah. So please. (laughs) So this is what's paradoxical. A lot of people think, uh, a lot of people, when I was telling people my story, they were like, oh, you you need to go live somewhere else and you don't have to be part of the society. I had to go through that whole period in order to come back to society and pay all of my taxes and obey by the speed limit and pay insurance and tax and MOT. But now I know why I'm doing it. I'm not. I had to go through that whole period in order to realize that it's actually there for a reason. Yeah. Uh, but now I do it consciously. Yeah. I now, when I pay my tax, I know exactly why I'm paying my yeah. tax. And I'm grateful that the system exists. I'm, whenever I pay a bill or something that's 
come in. I'm all very, very grateful for it because yeah. it's something I've received. That's right. Yeah. And you, you're paying it forward yeah. for the next thing you can receive. Yeah. So when you pay an electricity bill, for instance, be grateful that you even have an electricity bill. Yeah. Don't go, oh, I have to pay my electricity bill, as if it's some burden. Uh, pay it with gratitude. Wow. Isn't it wonderful? I have electricity. electricity. There are millions of people. Electricity, electricity. has allowed me to cook food, watch TV, watch films, yeah. study, yeah, whatever it it's may be. Yeah. So grateful, and yeah. then you start being like paying for bus tickets. I'm so grateful that I get yes. to be on a bus. Every time I pay for something, thank you. I'm so grateful. Yeah. thank you. I love you. Thank you. Yeah, and then the universe says, "Well, he's grateful for it, so we'll give him more things yeah. to be grateful for." And then you start seeing a snowball effect of great things happening, like repercussions and networking. Great, great for I'm very great, so you can get great things. Yeah, for. that's right. Oh, I never thought of that. That's cool. Yeah. And, but yeah, they the just law, come to me just then. That's cool. <laughs> the, the legal thing was a journey, and I yeah. highly recommend um, be respectful to the police. Always. So they have a tough job, and as much as I fought them and, uh, and went through that whole period of anarchist, and then out of the anarchist phase into creator phase, yeah, yeah. which is the third stage which is, I don't need to fight anyone anymore. That part of my psychology has vanished. And now I'm just continuously allowing the rest of the world to live their life mm. while I create my own life. I create the circumstances. Yeah. I choose what I do for a living. I choose where I travel, the people I talk to. Instead of just allowing life to happen to me, I'm now creating the life that I want. So I had to go through slave into anarchist into creator and hopefully at some point in my life, I'll be considered a genius where I can be right. I want to write a book. I want to travel and speak at events around the world. I want to be an inspirational speaker and talk to people and encourage people to come out of that mental illusion that I've luckily come out of and been like, wow. And uh, all of the religions are right. Like Muhammad was right. Jesus was right. Buddha was right. Yeah. Like all of these teachings were fundamentally a light out of darkness yeah. or on different paths. All, all of them, every doesn't matter what religion you are, everyone, even if you're not religious, everything is about leading to love. Yeah, leading happiness. you back to your source. Yeah. To connect it to, to uh, and when I say the word God, I'm not necessarily referring mm -hmm. to uh, any religion. God, yeah, it's just. It's conceptual, yeah. it's source energy. Source, my, my, I study a lot of shamanism, as you know. Um, we, we call it the creator. We call it the source. Yeah. Uh, it's just everyone has their own word. Everyone has their own. We call it Allah. Yeah, if, um, it could be anything. Whatever, whatever makes you happy and connected, Yeah, it's fine. It's um, fine. <laughs> there is no wrong. There is no right. It's, it's essentially all of the religious teachings came. It's like one teacher speaking through many voices because mm. there is only one source there's not multiple sources yeah. it's one source so whether it's muhammad or jesus that's still the same source yeah. speaking through two mouths buddha is just another mouth i am speaking out of another mouth yeah. you are but it's all the same pointing in the same direction and we as humans as we evolve we're going to join what's known as a social memory construct in the future of our evolution and human beings will be able to communicate all of these concepts freely and openly um, without people resisting knowledge. Like the ego is a slippery character because it's trying to protect you. It really struggles to entertain multiple concepts at the same time. Um, it believes what it believes and it has to protect you. 
the definition of an open mind is someone who has the ability to entertain multiple concepts without believing them. Like you could tell me your entire life story and I would love to hear it, but it doesn't mean I have to believe it. I'd just be like, wow, that's amazing. That's amazing that you believe that. But it's right for you. Yeah. And I don't, I'm not trying to convince anyone to believe what I believe, but I also never been so happy in my life. And I want to share that with everyone yeah. because everyone has the ability to do that. Um, and that's the beautiful thing about social media. And we're in an age of information where just setting up some cameras and talking yeah. and sharing the information might impact uh, hundreds of thousands, if not millions, if not billions of people who yeah. can say, I want to be happy. I want to be free of that voice in my head. Yeah. I want to be, I want to be healthy. I want to live my best. I want to go traveling. I want to, and all those things are possible for every single human on this planet. Yeah. Whether you're born in the Bronx, whether you're born in Australia, whether you're born in whatever, doesn't matter. I love hearing stories when you see someone who's come from absolute poverty, yeah. like third world countries, and they're this, they're creating this, and they've invented this, or they've done this, and. Yeah. Like if they can do it. What's stopping me from doing it? Yeah. And the answer is our education system. Yeah. The people who didn't go through an educational system are free of education. You give a circuit board to an African guy with no education and he has no limitations at all. He can go fixes it and go, oh, that's cool. But if you go through our schooling system, it's just limitation after limitation after limitation. We're dumbed down. Dumbed down and they just give you loads of textbooks so you can get a job. Which the textbooks come back for. My personal thing, I hated school because I knew the education that I was being given mm. was from generations past. It wasn't present. And I literally, I never went to school. I used to go into school, sign in, <laughs> run out the back. There was a little hole in the fence. From Go through there, go and get stoned all day, come back for lunchtime, go and sign back in and go again. I, like, I literally never went to school. When my exams happened, I was literally laying in bed having joined. Oh, wow. Like, I hate school, but I come out of school. Yeah. All I do now is education Study. and teach. Yeah, because now you're studying things you love. Exactly. No one loves school. No. Like, there's schools now as well, which I wish I'd have known about when I went, that they literally teach you about the subjects you love. That's amazing. Like, so if you're good at one thing and you love that, they'll teach you about that. That's incredible. It's good, isn't it? Obviously, yeah. you still got to do your fundamental stuff, but... It is important. I mean, if you're maintaining a society, which the government and the monarchy are, they're in charge of our society. Mm-hmm. Um, a society, essentially, is a group of people who have the same ideals. Yeah. And if you're funding the education, which they are, yeah. you want them to learn a certain particular group of things in order to continue growing the society. And when you step out of the jurisdiction of society and you go, you guys just carry on. I'm going to be over here doing my own thing. They'll they'll send the police in to put you back into it. Yeah. And I, essentially me stepping out of that legal jurisdiction, be like, no, 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 I don't want anything to do with this, guys. Thanks. Uh, I'm peaceful now. Uh, you guys just carry on doing what you're doing. I'm going to be over here. And they will grab you and put you back in the place. Yeah. And you're like, no, and you put you back in the place. And they'll, and they'll do everything they can. <laughs> you're in our society. But I want to be in your society. <laughs> And um, that's what's happening with on Earth at the moment. Look at all the protests happening yeah. on Earth with Extinction Rebellion. Yeah. Kudos to all those people. Amazing yeah. what you guys are doing. Um, all these people are going through their own journey, their own awakening. Yeah. And um, 
they're at the anarchist stage where they're like, I'm going to stand <laughs> on this bridge, I'm going to sellotape my hands yeah, with this, I'm going to do I went to an ex- extension rebellion uh, protest last year. It's cool. Yeah, it was good. Good energy. Yeah. I've got a good friend, she plays ukulele. Yeah. And she's on bridges like playing ukulele. <laughs> and she's uh she's like she's powerful, yeah. yeah and it's like good. using music to transform people. Yeah. yeah, so with the extinction rebellion kind of thing, is the reason protests are allowed is because they don't work. Yeah. No disrespect to the extinction, it's bringing a lot of awareness to people. protests bring awareness that people who aren't paying attention might go, Oh, there's a protest going on. But as far as breaking down the powers and the government, these people have always done whatever they wanted. The the monarchy or the Vatican and the governments have their own agenda that they are sticking to. They are not going to go, hold on. There's there's 500 people in the park with some boards. Even even 500,000 people. Should we change our strategy? Maybe we should consider these people. The reason the world is in the way that it is is because they don't, Give a shit. No. <laughs> they don't give a shit. It's they the don't care. It's the government. It they is. don't care how many people are waving fists at them and like pitchforks. Right. The only way to, I'm not advocating this, is the only way to do it is by, by doing what I did, which is not play ball. Yeah. Peaceful protest. A lot of people the same thing, talking about protests. Just don't go to work. Everyone take two weeks off. Fill your fridges full of food. Yeah. Don't empty your bins. Don't pay your taxes. Don't pay your fines. Don't do all of those yeah. things. Of course, I'm not advocating this and I'm not promoting this, but if you really, really want change, if you really, really want change, um, the, the system has to grind to a halt. Yeah. And only then will they go, we have to pay attention. The system that we created. Well, what's happened over in Hong Kong? Yeah. But these guys have caused a fuss. Millions of them. Like they've caused a fuss. Like they're, they're not taking no shit. No. And they've got things done. Yeah. Right here, we're so placid and we're so it's snowflakey. Yeah, oh, and people then, and now like we're not allowed to say a boo to a goose because we, we're going to hurt someone's feelings. Like, if you, if, fuck you off. if you're going to a protest and then going back to work, yeah, your protest was in vain, yeah, because you're still paying taxes, yeah, and the taxes is how they extract the, the energy out of us. Mm. 20% of your energy goes to the queen. Yeah. 20% of your energy, because money is energy. Of course. And the same thing, we just, just to briefly touch again on the protest thing. I've seen so many protests in the past. Yeah. End war, no this, no other. But because of the language they're using, yeah. they're actually going to attract more in. Extinction rebellion is a negative word. Yes, massively Re- negative. To rebel is to challenge. Yeah. Is to go against. If It should be like... Uh, Peaceful creation, or something that is something that's calming, something that's that leads us on to words. Exactly, like, this is why I was bringing it up yeah. because I'm, it's so important. When I look at this, yeah, they're trying to do a good, good thing, whatever it is. But one thing I don't do is well, I don't like talking about politics. Hmm. For me, it always ends up in an argument. <laughs> always ends up with a disagreement. Disagreement because everyone like, believes something else. Yeah. So if if you don't go down a road or you talk about it in a certain way, a certain light. Yeah. You'll be able to get a different answer. But That's when right. these people start talking about things in negative ways, and the same with whatever you're going through in your life, if you start talking about things in, in a negative way, in a negative light, yeah. you're going to get that, that response. Yeah. And that's why all this, this fighting's happening, these this wars, and it's just people are bringing it on themselves. Yeah, you attract to like uh, the, 
the, the, you've all heard of abracadabra, right? Yeah. Which is what the magic uh, yeah. abracadabra, and a, a rabbit appears in a hat yeah. or something. A rabbit but, in a hat. <laughs> yeah. But the abracadabra phrase was originated, it's, I think it's like Hebrew or something like, correct me if I'm wrong, but it basically translates as, I create what I speak. Is that what it means? That's what abracadabra means. It means I create what I say. And if you understand affirmations, which you definitely do, because yeah. we got onto affirmations, yeah. and you're like in your car pumping the affirmations, yeah, 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 yeah. and I sleep with them on, I go to work with them on. Every night I cannot go to bed, unless I've got, I'll either have shamanic drumming on and flute music, so I'm meditating and then fall asleep, and fall asleep okay. or, or I'll even then I wake up in the night, affirmations on, yeah. while I'm sleeping. Yeah, while well, you're getting your subconscious mind. Well, yeah. So uh, for anyone who doesn't know what an affirmation is, an affirmation is... Um, a way of reconditioning your subconscious mind because all of your beliefs are stored in your subconscious mind. We're not aware of our beliefs because they're stored in the subconscious. So if you want to, uh, I always believed that nobody wanted to hear what I had to say, that I wasn't good enough. And uh, um, I had all these limiting beliefs in my mind. Yeah. That it, when I started waking up, I started realizing, man, I have no self-worth. I have no self-esteem. I have no... I have no uh, self-respect. And all of these things are programs that just through the experiences of my life, I picked up and formed these beliefs along the way. So when you understand affirmations, for instance, Tony Robbins, powerful man, he says incantations, which yes. is the movement of your body while forming an affirmation, which is I can do everything that I want. Everything I have continuously comes to me at all times. And he's moving his body and speaking at the because same time. Because if you're just doing an affirmation and you're just talking about it, yeah, they're great and they're great to listen to. But it doesn't move you yeah. chemically. Your body is your subconscious mind. Yes. So if you want to shift some patterns, yeah. move your body around. And uh, if you listen to affirmations while doing yoga, it's really I find that really nice. Like stretching and really going into yes. a stretch while listening what? to something yes. that's going on. Like uh, Tony Robbins is like an extreme powerful man. Yeah. And you can see he commands 20,000 people in the yeah. audience just like this, yeah. like that, like Freddie Mercury used yeah. to do. Like. I've obviously I've been to four Tony Robbins events. Is it good? It's I, a, bet, I bet it's on I'm an energy good. level must but be amazing. The thing is, you see, it goes on for hours like and hours like we start at nine o'clock in the morning and you still go at two o'clock in the morning and he's pumping and he's just going for it it's yeah. like where does this man get look, his look, at, the, look at the man's physiology <laughs> yeah he's like, a giant like he's a, his hands <laughs> yeah his, his body he's like, massive and you and also he's been doing it his whole life yeah like he started as a teenager well, he's actually got something wrong with his voice now oh, he's really? been doing so much and obviously he has shouts quite a lot so they've said basically he's only allowed to do so many shows wow. a year now so that's why he spoke him. his whole life. Yes, that yeah. guy. Check that out, guy check out Tony that, Robbins. That if you, guy is a genius. If you're looking for um, a, a lot of people who I spoke to about Tony Robbins say that he's a narcissist yeah. because he's very he doesn't have a lot. Of he's compassion. a strategist. He's a strategist, but he yeah. also he understands the he, ego. Yeah, he understands he understands human behavior. He understands. But he also mind. yeah he, he's a clever guy. I, I get a lot of benefits from him i understand why he could be considered uh, women don't particularly like him because yeah. he's quite heavily masculine and he's very forward yeah. he's like he almost ignores your problems if you go to tony robbins with problems it's almost like he doesn't even consider them yeah he's like yeah 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 yeah, yeah. this is what you got to do and that can come across as quite uncompassionate or unempathetic but it gets results but it's results it's yeah. like oh is that what you think 
Yeah. You're wrong. Do you know what? This is what you fuck need to do. Fuck your ego. Yeah. This yeah, is yeah. what you need to do. Yeah, yeah. And uh, that's. I, I like him for that reason. No nonsense. The, yeah, there's no bullshit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, he's a strategist, and yeah. he will get you the best results. This is why he works with presidents. This is why he works with Google and the like, top like industry professionals, sports yeah. stars, athletes. Yeah. You have to be at the peak of peak. Yeah. He's not like working with 20, 000, the average person. Twenty grand a day to talk, like that's a minimum. Like, minimum, yeah. that's a minimum. You yeah, know, yeah. Like this guy is—he looks after the most influential people in the world. Yeah, you see him with like presidents and CEOs of like massive corporations. Like it's crazy. Yeah, crazy. Well, I aspire to be of that yeah. level. Um, yeah, not everyone might like him. No, of course. Obviously, there's a lot of other people out there who provide a lot of value as well, but. The reason we're talking about him is because of his the way he does the affirmations, the way he does the incantations. The incantations. And but have you seen his ritual before he goes on stage? Like that's insane. What yeah. he convinces himself of how incredible he is. Yeah. And his self-belief and his self-motivation and self-determination confidence. and his confidence is on an extreme level. He but can, he can walk out on stage without a shadow of a doubt and create 20,000 results. One of the shows we went to, he taught us how to change your state. So if something's yep. happening to you Pretty or you're state, going yeah. through a, a negative time, you're getting all these thoughts and patterns are going, it's about changing your state mm. right here, right now, 30 seconds, 10 seconds, 20 seconds, whatever it may be, yeah. you're changing your state right now. And that's about believing in yourself, having the confidence, lifting your vibration up, lifting your energy up. To achieve an outcome. And boom, turn turn the music on, crank the music up, whatever it may be, jump, get the energy flowing. Move your body around, yeah. Move your body, boom, and dig in. And that's why he does the fire walking, doesn't he? Yes, I've done that. You've done it a couple of times, yeah. Because he says that people walk up like full of fear, like, uh, he's like, stand up for yourself, take a deep breath. Do you know what he does? He prepares you for eight hours before you go and do the fire walk. Oh, okay, cool. That's cool. So he doesn't just go, right, we're going to do a fire walk. It's it's an all day preparation. Like, he's getting your mind in the place. We were actually, one of the events he went to, he said, look, he done a show, spoke to some people about, Build them up all day. They went away and done their own firewalk. Didn't prepare people. People burnt all themselves. Like, but walking across the fire is uh It's another level. Yeah, big time. Then they're like fifteen hundred degrees in cold. Yeah. Like, and it's a, it's about a twelve foot walk, but you do it in such a place and you're in such a mindset, such a high vibration, and your you energy just blow is just, like, yeah. like you're you're here now. You're in the present. Yeah. You could not do it if your mind was elsewhere. If your mind is thinking negative or anything, you would not you would get burned and you would get hurt on that firewall. Yeah. And that's the most important thing is about getting yourself, no matter what you're going through, into a state and you're here now in the present, there is no pain. Mm. Suffering is only in the mind. Yeah. There can still be physical pain, but there's no suffering. Yeah. There's no story about it. Yeah. There's no victim about it. There's just yeah. It's like one of the first podcasts we've done with Anita. She was saying, I do anxiety. I'm not anxiety. I do anxiety. Okay, cool. Yeah. Yeah. Anxiety so, is happening to her. Yeah. I, I do it. I, I'm not anxiety. And when I, when she said, when I figured that out, yeah. that was a revelation for me to go. There was um, a separation between the anxiety yes, exactly. and who she was. Exactly. And that, especially back to spiritual development, is 
the awareness that you're not all of the things that are happening to you. Mm. You're when anger arises in me, yeah. I go, hold on, I'm angry. Yeah. Don't express it. Don't suppress it. Breathe in. Because <laughs> hold it. Yeah, like if you if you suppress the anger, it just goes back into your subconscious mind. If you express the anger, some psychologists say that's healthy, but uh, then you just pattern, you start yeah. to create. And, um, the best thing to do with anger or resentment or any of these things is to just observe it within yourself. Just observe being angry and detach Breathe. yourself from the anger and go, okay, and then honor it and say, I'm, I'm angry right now. Yeah, it's, the breathing is really important. Yeah, um, as soon as you share your, um, your conscious awareness onto the anger, it vanishes. Mm. And then the next time it comes, it has less energy. You're aware of it. Drop it disappears. You watch it again. It gets less. Yeah. It's yeah. the same with lust, sexual lust. It arises when you see a beautiful woman or someone you find attractive and you go, oh, and then you go, oh, hold on, I'm feeling this way. And it goes, oh, I've been rumbled. And then it goes away. <laughs> and then it pops up again. Like, Oh, she's looking at me. Yeah, oh, yeah. she's got me looking at her. Yeah, yeah. And then it goes away again. And that, that energy also, is, that's a nice, healthy energy to have because it produces children. And yeah. uh, But it can also lead you down doorways and pathways which can lead you to trouble so you have to be when that arises you have to be like okay lust has arrived again thanks very much and it goes oh i've been noticed and it can't control the body yeah. it can't con convince you that you need to go and talk to that girl or you need to oh that girl likes you and then you start and this story appears in your head of course and then and no, 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 no. fear comes in yeah and what is fear you know fear fear is Oh, I don't want to do that. And again, that's your confidence in yourself. Yeah. And this can lead to any situation. It doesn't just have to be about talking to the girl or the boy. It's about having confidence in yourself. Mm. Just go and have a conversation. Say hi. Be authentic. Yeah. Say hi. You know, this is my name. <laughs> What's your name? Yeah. You start <laughs> like, from the base. Yeah. Like, I, I'm lucky. I, I, I was married for 12 years and then I've been married. I've been with Dina for five years. So. I've never been had to. Your two relationship now is like we'll we'll do another podcast just with you and Dina because yeah. it's so powerful. And guys, when I say I mean these two are spiritual, I mean it's beyond anything I've ever seen before, and it's it's very special. Uh, I mean, spiritual, yes, there are elements of spirituality, but me and Dina have a connection, which is uh, I purely one hundred percent accept Dina for who she is. Dina can do no wrong yeah. in my eyes. Yeah. Uh, she has mood swings. She's still a woman. She's up and down. She's crying. She's angry. She She's just still a woman. Yeah. But at no point do I say that she shouldn't be doing those things. I'm like, great. I, I get to wake up with Dina every day. Like, yeah. And she's so, I always refer sure. to Dina's like an angel who like yeah. came to save me. Because I was like, I was lost. I walked in here and she gave me just a hug and I'm like, oh my God, Joanna, she's so powerful. I can really she's feel amazing. that. Yeah, she's, she's incredible. She, she's a very spiritual. She, she's kept me on track. She, uh, even after dating her for like two or three months, she was picking me up from jail. <laughs> I was just going to say no more jail visits. Though. No more jail visits. But she would like literally be standing outside jail with like a little lunchbox. <laughs> and she <laughs> She put the laces back on my shoes because the police took them out of my shoes. She'd be like, "Oh, you haven't? How was your day?" And that's all. How I'm... was your day? I was like, "Well, I just spent eight hours in jail." Like, <laughs> how was your day? Yeah, I've had better. She's like, "I made you a sandwich." <laughs> <laughs> and she, I knew, I knew from early on. I was like, wow. "She's a keeper." Like she, 
she had her wobbles and yeah. she was a bit concerned, but she also trusted me. Yeah. She was also, I believe, I believe, I don't really fully understand what you're going through. Yeah. But <laughs> why'd you keep getting her in, why'd you keep putting yourself in prison? And I was like, because they, they, they were, look, and I would get really like uh, emotional, quite uh, passionate. Yeah. Let's just call it passionate. But she always just maintained this kind of like calm integrity where she just like rubbed my back when I was upset or she's like, oh, just keep believing what you believe in and keep going. And she was like the motivator. Yeah. Um, and she's always been like the most positive person in my life. I wouldn't be the man I am today without her. 100% shadow of a doubt. All credit goes to Dina. Um, and books and yes. all the wonderful people you meet traveling who it's are just accumulation micro inspiring you every conversation yeah. every guitar player you meet every inspirational speaker every comedian uh, living in Chiang Mai was yeah, huge that. we moved to Chiang Mai and met this, the most amazing group of people um, we met like these writers and comedians and poets and musicians some of the musicians I met like, and they're just free they're living in Chiang Mai they're all from western countries America, Canada, England, Europe, but they're all just in I a mean, massive, nice, they're just having a great time. Chiang Mai, if you want to be free, go and hang out in Chiang Mai. If you're artistic or you want to express yourself and you want some freedom, go and hang out at the Healing House um, with Mo and Tyler and Mimosa and Sarah. And these, these people will welcome you with open arms and they'll want to hear what you have to say. And you can say your poetry, you can say your music, you can, Anything. and they'll just encourage you. And if you've got new shit, they'll be like, play your new shit. <laughs> and, uh, and I was like super like nervous when I first yeah. started. I was like socially awkward. I'd just come back from like a month of silence. So I had a big old beard, like the skinny uh, fasting silence guy. But they were, and slowly through watching them and listening to the comedians, learning how comedians write and get up and fail. And then come back and rewrite Jim. and then fall. And they would just laugh and they would just laugh at themselves. Yeah. Comedians like, ah, you failed, ah, just like laughing at each other. Do you know what? Wow. I, I don't commit being a comedian, getting it's... up on that stage, trying to make trying to be funny. Like you as soon as you're standing there, the spotlight's on you, you've got to be funny. That has got to be And the, the expectation high. is that you're a comedian. Yeah. So why aren't I laughing? Yeah. And uh, Mohammed and Binky, my, my two friends in Chiang Mai, Mohammed, he just had this almost like bombing in a co comedy set was what he thrived on. Right. A bit like Andy Kaufman in a way. Okay. So he would get up and he would, he was, he's a really beautiful man. He's so kind and yeah. loving, but he, he also had this really unique style of doing comedy. And then he would come off knowing full well that no one laughed. It was like <laughs> people were laughing at him because he was not funny. Uh, Joe Rogan talks about it all the time, how hard it is. And yeah. Like, I just uh, put yourself in that situation. Like, you've got to have something about you anyway to, to be able to do that. But, yeah. I mean, what a way to build your confidence. <laughs> and grow, get out of your comfort zone. Yeah. And, the first time, like, talking about confidence, the first time I ever met him, there was an open mic and he didn't show up. He was yeah. flew back late from Bangkok. Um, and everyone was leaving this venue and in this courtyard, just like 50 people. And Mohammed shows up and the show had already finished. So he was like, um, he stood up on a table and he went, everyone, look at me. And everyone was talking and was like, I'm late, but I'm going to do my set anyway. And he just started talking on this park bench. <laughs> <laughs> like he was just standing. On his, and that was the first time I ever saw this guy. I was like, who is this guy? <laughs> like the most the most confidence really? but once you get to know him you realize that yeah. comedians don't have any confidence no. comedians essentially 
using the platform of comedy to build that side of them, which is healing them. It's a big healing yeah. process for comedians. Even again, it's they're, I suppose they're expressing their feelings, their their emotions, telling stories. Absolutely, and they are brilliant people. Right. So this is what a good thing. What we can relate to and bring it back in is that if people are going through something, yeah, being able to express themselves is huge. Yes, it's massive. And you are an expression of the divine. Yeah, and if you're not expressing your your true beliefs, your true values, your what you what you're here to do, yeah. like you have a unique signature which only you have. And I am lucky. I'm a musician. I write songs. I've recently wrote poetry. I collaborate with different people. I'm very careful about who I do that with now as well. Um, being in the music industry for most of my life, I was working with a lot of people who weren't necessarily benefiting me. Yeah. Um, but through meeting the Chiang Mai lot, they really I learned who who's on my level. Yeah, I don't need to aspire to be playing for all those people, and I don't need to be. I'm just who I am. Yeah. I am who I am now, and I resonate with different people, different characters, and those people are the people I play with. Yeah. And I'm not trying to tour the world or write a hit album anymore that those things have vanished from me mm. now i just like creating cool music with people and recording little albums and like just inspired yeah and just expressing myself in the way that only i can and that goes for anyone everyone has the ability uh, to create something that only they can create yeah you get a pencil to a million people you have a million different pictures right yeah You'll never get the one the same. No, even if you ask them to draw the same thing, every, all be different. everyone will be different because everyone's got a different point of view. And they're all perfect. Yes. The human mind likes to categorize and analyze and compare. That's part of the survival mechanism of it, to compare, to yeah. separate, to cause division. So if me and you to draw a picture, we might you might look over and compare your picture with my compare. That's just a mental activity which doesn't need to happen. Yeah. Your picture is equally as perfect as my picture is. They're just what they are. Yeah. They're in, inherently neutral. There is no wrong. There is no right or wrong. And the back to the human mind again, like we loved, um, this is one, this is a profound realization I had is when I form a judgment towards someone else, mm. I'm technically forming that judgment towards myself. So I'm judging myself. So whenever you judge anyone, yeah. you create guilt within yourself. That is a, a that that was a game changing realization because just by the subconscious mind doesn't know the difference between a judgment outwardly towards someone else or it just forms judgment and it exists. Yeah. So the subconscious mind takes the judgment you form against others as a judgment against yourself, mm. thus forming guilt. A judgment essentially is saying you're guilty or I'm guilty. So whenever you form a judgment, guilt is created as a result whether you're projecting guilt onto someone else or you're projecting guilt upon yourself. And to live in guilt is horrible. Yeah. I did it for most of my life. So now when I form a judgment against someone, I immediately go, I don't want to judge this person. Stop creating that thought pattern. Yeah. A fat person gets onto the bus. I say, man, that guy's really fat. Or a judgment arrives in my head that I haven't consciously decided it's just arrived yeah. as an automated yeah. fat, gross, Catch yourself, ugly it. guy, ugly fat guy, whatever the judgment is. I now know that I didn't consciously choose it. So then I go, whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah, surprise. Get rid of that. My then, thing is, then, I, I produce, then what happens is you're meant to, not meant to, I produce the opposite. Mm -hmm. So then I say, compassion. This person 
could be struggling with a health problem. This person could possibly have relationship problems. As a result, he might have low self-esteem. He possibly could have low self-confidence. And then I turn, and the more you energize the compassion and the empathy, the less energy the judgment has. So then the judgment, when it comes back again, has less energy. And then it has less energy. Until you just see, and you just see a person getting on the bus, and you do not form any thoughts about the person. You just observe them and you almost, the automatic thing is empathy mm. is I hope that person's okay. I hope yeah. that person has a, is okay. Yeah. And I want that person to do well in their life. Uh, but the automatic thing of the mind is to cause some kind of label. Yeah. And that is, that was profound for me. I learned that through the course of miracles, the book, the course in miracles. Great book. That's a great book. And you can restudy that book over and over again. And every time I look into it or listen to it, uh, it just deepens and deepens and deepens. And then the, the ego dissolves more and judgment dissolves and labeling and categorizing and self, self-doubt. They're all different layers of the yeah. subconscious mind. Like, can I achieve this? No, you can't achieve anything. Nobody wants to hear what you want to say. Just be over there. Be, <laughs> just stay where you are. Don't, don't try and move. Don't try and grow. The ego doesn't want you to move forward because it's trying to keep you safe. And once you get rid of that, then you realize you, you can possibly create anything. You can create anything you want. Yeah, so true. And that's limitless. That's You're limited only by your imagination. Yeah. And then, it's like when we look at people, let's talk a little bit about money, like people who are earning 20000 to 50000 People who are earning 50000 is just a different mindset. Yeah. People go to 100000 just a different mindset. People who are earning a million, just a different mindset. Just, right. They've grown and they've evolved. People are earning 10 million, 100 million. Now, there's yeah. people out there who are billionaires. Yeah. Like, like, like uh, Jeff, who owns Jeff Amazon, Bezos. 120 billion. Like, he earns millions per day just in passive income. <laughs> <laughs> millions in passive income. Millions and millions per day. Yeah. Like, like there is wealth is a good, money is a good thing. Like, there's so much. It's all about money. Absolutely. Yeah. This is a great subject because so many people are frightened of it. So many people think it's a negative energy so many people think it's the root of all evil, evil which is probably the worst <laughs> saying ever because the more money you got the more people you can help the more money you got the easier life is yeah you've um, got options you can do this people people say money's on nothing sorry but it helps i remember like, celebrating when i got eighteen thousand pound a year salary yeah. i remember going wow this is great and that goes to show where i was and my level of consciousness when it came to money or yeah. prosperity consciousness which is i was so over the moon that someone was going to pay me eighteen thousand yeah. pounds a year yeah. an entire year yeah. like that's insane yeah but people if you i you know my granddad was a coal miner yeah. you know uh, so i was born in a uh, genetically and environmentally, a very low pay grade consciousness. Mm. Well, I always wondered when I saw people like, wow, they're on 50 grand a year. I wonder what they do to get 50 grand a year. Yeah. Oh, maybe I need a degree or something. It's not a lot of money. But really, they just have high expectations. Yeah. They have, they know their self. Raising your standards. Raise your standards. Yeah. Um, a good friend of mine, I used to play in music with uh, two friends of mine. And... I used to play music with two fans. We, we flew down to Geneva to do a gig and we were shown into the four seasons in, and we got given this room and we were going to play music for this very wealthy group of people. Yeah. And um, I was who I was back then. And I remember very clearly we said, what's for lunch? 
to the Four Seasons. And they said, come this way. And they led us down some stairs into the canteen of the um, of the Four Seasons where all the staff were eating. And they said, oh, this is uh, where the lunch is served. And the two people I was with said, um, one in particular was like, no, no, we're not eating here. Like, And I was thinking, oh, great. We get to eat where we get it. I was like, wow, this is nice that we get to eat. We get to eat yeah. some food. And my friend was like, no, 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 no. Thanks very much. And he just left. And he, we walked up the stairs. <laughs> we went to the suite that we'd been given. And he, he says, order whatever you want off the menu. And we ordered like champagne and wine and three courses and, yeah. and you name it. And the food was And we just sat on well, two on the bed, two on the chair. Yeah. And we had delicious food. And it just goes to show that he had standards. Yeah. And he wasn't willing to bend on his standards. No. And uh, at the time, I suppose, because of the ego, I formed the rational, this person is quite arrogant. Yeah. Or I thought, um, although I'd known him most of my life and I loved him and he's, I'm so grateful for the opportunities he gave me, I thought, oh, man, that's quite arrogant. To, to, But really now seeing that from this perspective, it's like this guy just knew what he wanted. Yeah. And, of course. And they demand it and they expect it. And that's really part of it. If you don't know what you're worth, you don't know what to ask for. Yeah. And if you have low self-worth and low self-esteem, um, you don't know that you're a priceless being. Priceless. Yeah, it all comes down to being here in the moment, changing yeah. our, chem- our chemistry in our body yeah. to get a different outcome. If we keep going over a negative outcome, we get a negative result. Same with our standards. If we don't raise our standards, we're never ever going to get a yeah. different life. Yeah, a lot of the entrepreneurs I read say exactly that. They say um, the one thing they regret is they didn't continuously raise their standards with their income stream. Mm. They still maintained a poverty consciousness despite their income going up. Yeah. They always had the mentality, yeah. i got to save it. So then what happens? They lose all the money. They lose all the money because yeah. the universe is like, well, what are you doing with it? You can't. Money has to flow. That's mm. why it's called it's energy. It's energy. Yeah. Money is energy. If you store it, you'll lose it. Yeah. You have to, it has to flow in and out of your life. Your cash flow has to, you make it, you spend it. You make it, you share it. That was a profound, reading a lot of books on finance, the law of attraction, mm-hmm. and uh, like uh, Abraham Hicks. Yeah, it's a great book. Uh, the law of attraction and all of this kind of like money talk. Fantastic book. That incredible. Look at the books on your shelf. Wow. Yeah, it's been Ooh, a sort of, I still get to read a few of them. There's a few in there I haven't touched yet, but. Yeah. Um, so look at that. <laughs> yeah, the books are amazing. And it's good to display your books. Of course. Because books have energetic value as well. Like when, when I look at the spines of a book, like there's a book in there about Zen Buddhism. Just by looking at the book, I'm reminded of the knowledge I learned in the book. Wow. So if you look at these books, if yeah. you could, Of course, it's a moment in time you can anchor into yeah. that energy. Like this, you know? The Conversations of God oh, wow. by Neil Donald Walsh. You read that book, you're like, wow, right? there are perspectives I hadn't considered before. Yeah. Um, and now when I see that book, I'm reminded of that time in my life. There is some amazing books on that show. I'm yeah, a little bit a, jealous right now. <laughs> so, so I love reading. Yeah. And because I was How many books a month do you read? Uh, since I've been back in England, not many. Not many. I read loads when I was traveling. Yeah. It was just free. Free. Just free time. Like, yeah. there was no Sitting on a beach or whatever. On a train, 12 hours on a train. Yeah, I just eat a book, yeah. eat a couple of books. Because uh, me, me and Dina are inherently quite socially awkward, we weren't just going out and socializing. No, but just... Yeah, like we'd see uh, in Chiang Mai in particular, there'd be events going on and we'd be at home reading. Yeah. That would interject where we could. Of course. Uh, but even when we got to the events, everyone would be sitting talking and sharing and oh, I'm laughing about things and me and Dina would be like, I don't want to talk about any of this stuff. I'd rather be at home reading. Yeah. 
because it's just who we are. Yeah. So we go home and we leave all the social activity to that lot and we go and read a book and we're like, wow, this is great. Yeah, that's just what we thrive on. Because you're growing as, you, as a person yeah. and you're on that journey of environment yeah. and you, you just, I need information. Yeah. <laughs> you get it does come a point when you realise that no amount of reading is going to solve your problem. Mm. Not that there's a no, problem. Of course. Right? You could read every book on earth and still... But just unless be you actually really take easy. action on... On the moment, on the problem, yeah. whatever it is, nothing's ever going to change. You can have as much knowledge as you want. Yeah. Meditation. It's about, it's about implementing it. Yes. It is implementing. It's actioning the yeah. intellect. Like thoughts, feelings, and actions yeah. are the whole trinity of creation. So you can think about what you want. Mm-hmm. You can feel, and it will attract to you. But as soon as you take action, it's the biggest probability of vortex is taking action. And this is one of the fundamental things that I struggle with the most being open and honest about it i understand all of this stuff intellectually i feel within myself it's growing and growing the feelings growing and i'm becoming more uh, confident and empowered but they're taking action there is still a limitation inside somewhere inside my being the fear Fear, of procrastination and there we go and that is a process that i'm here to evolve out of yeah. And I'm also not in any rush. Yeah, of course. And one of is... one of my spiritual teachers, Heli, she was really watching this. So, uh, we were talking about getting out of your comfort zone to succeed. Yeah. And she was like, no, expand your comfort zone. Oh, I like it. Expand. So, you, it. so then, so do, you, doing you, you, then you, you still feel comfortable. But when you when you get out of your comfort zone, people feel so uncomfortable. Oh, I don't want to do this. And they tighten up and they contract. So just so, make it part of your comfort zone. Yeah. So you just a little bit of expansion every day so it feels comfortable. That's that's beautiful. Yeah. I, I like that. And and that is right. Like I I now know that there is no rush to life. Mm. Whatever I am, wherever I am at when I die at this life is just where I'm at. I don't need to have or to have to achieved anything mm. at that time, whenever that time is. 80, 90, I'd love to be 100 when I die. That would be nice. But wherever I am, it's okay that I'm there. Yeah, of course. And that is, ah, oh, that's a weight off your shoulders yeah. when you have that feeling, which is you. everyone is just where they're at. Yeah. The people who are doing really well, succeeding, are just more evolved than you are. Yeah. Spiritually, mentally, emotionally. They're more, they've more got their shit together because they may have incarnated way more times than you have. Yeah. And they're just getting on with their shit. Yeah. They're... Um, doing what they're good at. They're expressing themselves. They're the movie stars of this planet, like the Matthew McConaughey, if you ever watched his speeches. Mm. He's um, he's a very inspirational guy, Matthew McConaughey, when yes. he speaks. He's like, express yourself, be free, and you can tell his level yeah, of, of, of magnitude when he speaks. You're like, wow, this guy knows who he is. Yeah, of course. You don't have he's, to tell this guy who he is. You don't have to tell Matthew McConaughey who he is. He knows yeah. exactly who he is. Yeah. Brad Pitt, uh, Denzel Washington, all of these um Anthony Hopkins, I'm using actors as an example yeah. because in order to pretend to be someone else, no, yeah. you have to know who you are. Yeah. A level where you can, not all actors, of course, but the most successful ones, the people we call stars are because they shine so bright. Yeah. They shine like stars because yeah. they're, they know you can't tell Robert Downey Jr. that he's not Robert Downey Jr. But he knows who he's he is. He's on that. He's on that. He doesn't take shit from anyone. No. Like this guy is like, don't fuck with me yeah. because he knows who he is. And that, and, and that is, they're authentically acting out. And the law of attraction doesn't make a mistake. No. They all have millions of dollars because they've attracted that into their life. Look at The Rock. The Rock. Dwight, what a journey. Dwight Johnson. Now, this guy is a legend. And he's one of the most humble people and spiritual people you'll probably find. 
I love him. He's great. He is. He's, he's great. I follow him on Instagram. He's got something about him. He brings comedy. He brings action. He and, is, and he's very good at playing the game. Yeah. He understands the Hollywood game. He yeah. understands. But yeah, he's, like you say, he's spiritual. He's, look at the size of him. And like the geezer is a, he's a machine. He's the Schwarzenegger of our generation. He is the, he's up at 4 a.m. every single morning in the gym. You don't, you look at his body. Like, like he is a, it's incredible. Yeah. And these, these types of characters that we aspire or we it's are inspired their, it's their to. vibrational energy and their level that they're working on. Communication. It's, as you said, it's inspiring. Their communication, the way they are. They know what they, they want. They look after their body. They know yeah. what they want. They look after their mind. They, they all meditate. Yeah, it's a huge part of the process. Like the, their daily process is getting up at 4 a.m., not that we're – Everyone has to do because I mean these people are beyond beyond that they are. Yeah. Yeah. But they also but, they've but they tailored they, their life to become yeah, that way. Get up right? and they get shit done. Yeah. Like everyone's only got twenty four hours in a day. That's it. Yeah. Like you can't say oh, I'm enough time because all, what about these we all get given the same amount of time. Everyone's got twenty four hours. And, and, I, and I work a full time job at the moment. Yeah. Uh, our choice. I've come back to England and I want to make some money. Um, I'm doing coaching, I'm doing speaking, and I'm working. Yeah. I'm working in a business, and but I still find time to work out. Yeah, uh, man, it's it's become part of my ritual. Oh, do you know what? I work I've, out. Well, after my accident, do you know, I've not been able to work out because my shoulder. You might have still seen me click in and I get uncomfortable, but I've not been able to have a workout. I used to go to train every day, yeah. and that was my thing. Get up in the morning, go to the gym. Yeah. And that sets me for the day. Yeah, it's important. That sets my intentions for the day. I yeah. want to get that stuff done. Mm. I want to feel good. I want to go into my meetings feeling the best I can possibly be. And yeah. that's even, again, starting your day, even with a tiny meditation, five minutes, ten minutes, yeah. it gets you into the right frame of mind, yeah. doesn't it? If you, if you struggle with meditation and it's something that you don't really fully understand, meditation is the simplest thing to do because it's the, it's actually the absence of doing anything. It's just sitting in a comfortable position with your eyes closed and just allow when you first start meditating, your mind will not like this because it's <laughs> going to start being rumbled. It's going to be like, oh, hold on a second. And just allow the mind to do whatever it wants. Think, just think, think about stuff. The minds, uh, most people have been thinking their whole life. So slowing down that behavior takes months and months and months and months and months. Oh, it's a skill. It's like a, a juggernaut. You're trying to slow a juggernaut down first. It's, it has to, it takes time to put the brakes on and slow down. And through practice, five minutes, five minutes, 10 minutes, 15 minutes, what eventually starts to happen is when you close your eyes and you get yourself into a state, it takes me a few minutes. Just start observing my thoughts, just watching them, and and then sometimes I get caught, and it takes me down this road, yeah. and I go, I don't want to think about that. Yeah. And then bring yourself back into bring the yourself, and then it's just it's about moment. bringing it back, bringing it back, bringing it back, and then eventually, you there is no thought. You are in no time. You are no one. You are. It's the greatest feeling. It the most it's better than any drug. It's better than any sexual experience. For years and years, I went raving. I done every drug under the sun, getting high, having trips, ketamine, coke, everything. Nothing compares to a meditative state. It's peace. It's peace. It's the most blissful, natural high. I wish I'd have found, if I would have found meditation when I was young, I wouldn't have gone out and done all of them drugs. Well, you wouldn't even have had to. No. Because <laughs> it is incredible. And 
your body, all the cells in your body, thank you for it. You have like your emotionality uh, levels out. You you have a spatial awareness within yourself that is beyond thought and beyond space and time before, beyond physical reality, yeah. which you you it's always there. It's always there. But when the mind's doing its thing, it's masking it. And this is the only way that we spoke about earlier is getting over your problems, whatever it may be. You've got to be here in the now. Present moment. You've got to be. I remember the first time I said to my brother, you know that the future and the past only exist in your mind. Yeah. And it freaked him out. Yeah. He went like he... he, he we only have now. We, we don't have... The past is gone. The future, the future doesn't right. exist. The future doesn't exist yet. We only literally we live have in, now. And and that, like Alan Watts <laughs> says, we live in a continuous stream of now. Yeah. Like it's a, it's never that. That is a great saying. We live in a continuous Another stream. Another book me and you have both read is The Power of Now. That's a great book, yeah. Fantastic book. Highly recommend reading that book. So anyone who isn't spiritual who's watching this and may think we're talking utter gibberish or yeah. jargon, <laughs> um, to, the, the, power, <laughs> the, the, the Power of Now. Um, yeah. Just pick up the power of now is great because Eckhart Tolle has literally written the best book for anyone to understand yeah. the present moment. Yeah, um, it's true. A lot of anxiety arises when we think about the future. Mm-hmm. Depression arises when we think about the past. Yeah. To essentially to get That's rid true. of anxiety and depression, you need to center your mind. Yeah. Because right now you're in a living room, calm, safe, warm, comfortable. There is no reason right now for anyone in this room to feel depressed no, or to feel anxious of course but yeah when i get clients in i'm dealing with a lot of depression and i'll say why are you depressed oh because of this this this, this and they name a whole bunch of stuff in the, past. in the past i said but they're not happening to you right now and i'm not trying to be um uncompassionate yeah, for your story anything. No. but right now, now and you just keep bringing it back to now and yeah. keeping it and the more you center their brain to the the, the moment yeah. and you keep reminding them and they go yeah but my mum said this but it's not happening yeah, right now she's not saying it to yeah. now but uh, but what happens in the future and then yeah. the mind swings the other way and it misses the present moment yeah. and it goes into the future and starts going yeah but it could this could happen and no 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 bring it back to now yeah, like, we're just course. we're just chilling we're yeah. having a cup of tea we're, we're and then release. Yes. Calm. Release. They literally cry. You can see people's energy changing. Huge, hugely. Yeah. And if you can bring people to the present moment and, and empower them to say that all of the stories that are happening inside your mind mm-hmm. are just stories yeah. that you've told yourself. Because I also told me them for 30 yeah. years. Remember, anxiety is what you do. It's not what you are. It's something you create. Yeah. Um, and people... As soon as it arrives, they go, I'm anxious. Mm-hmm. But they, they just live out these... these. What about if we change our language and said, I'm feeling great. I'm, I'm feeling so good. I'm feeling so good right now. I'm yeah. so grateful. I'm feeling, I'm feeling excellent. I'm feeling fantastic. Yeah. You know, what I, about if we change our language? Whenever we feel that depression or anxiety coming in, change your language. Yeah. And, and, and pro- when you realize that you're completely separate to your body through having an out-of-body experience, mm-hmm. when you, for a DMT trip, Oh, when, you, that. when you come back into your body, it's really evident and clear that you're not your body. Yeah. Your body is a really a biomechanical organism that we have the operation of. But when we are so when you feel anxiety in the body, you can reprogram your body to say, it's yeah, like you just said, no, I'm happy. Yeah. It doesn't mean you're denying or angry. you're just creating an alternative yeah. pattern. I always say when I'm on the way to work, I'm always listening to affirmations. Today's going to be a great productive day. Yeah. Even if I've got a million things to do that I don't particularly want. I'm going to have a great day. 
but everything I need to do is going to go so well. Yeah. It's going to, everyone I meet is going to be so happy today. And now when I meet them, I'm going to be happy to meet them. And this is how I can't wait to meet someone you could be. So good. And everything's going to work itself yeah. out. Whether it does or it doesn't, it doesn't matter. It's the still subconscious mind the doesn't know the difference between yeah. the truth and the lie. Yeah. So, but your full patterns come from the emotion of something that's bad or negative that you've created. So it creates that, mm. that feeling. If we can talk to ourselves and teach ourselves that we're in a good positive state and in yeah. a great position, all of a sudden our mind and our subconscious doesn't know any different. It just absorbs anything you tell it. Yeah. And so I, my self-belief now is growing on a daily basis mm. purely because of the words I use. Yeah. And uh, I realized that I used to talk quite destructively about myself, thus creating myself mm. in a negative way. There comes a downward spiral. And that's why the famous thing is the rich get richer and the poor get yeah. poorer. It's because the mindset of the rich, not all of them, but most of them are... Um, quite progressive which yeah. is ah i can achieve this and i can and this is always happening to me yeah where you find with poverty consciousness abundance. they always say oh money doesn't grow on trees and this always happens if you be i've been trust me i've been in like many times yeah. i've been in financial difficulty and nearly lost everything after my brain accident it was just it was a very tough dark time didn't work for two years they had no money for two years. Literally, you broke. Like, beyond, beyond broke. I was... In I, debt. I, I, I accumulated probably 30, 40, 50,000 pounds worth of debt. Because I just still had to pay bills. I still had to, yeah. to live my life. And like over two years, 30,000 is not a lot of money. No. It's just basic living. Yeah, basic right. living, through food and whatever else, you know. And I, I didn't have the money to do it, so I was just putting everything on credit cards. Yeah. So, and then you've got to get into that. And again, your mind's going over this pattern of worry. Of worry. And then all of a sudden, you're in this, again, the negative environment. Cycle. Yeah, absolutely. It wasn't until I learned that I could actually be in abundance. Yeah. I can change my mind. I can change my state. I can. Be in a different environment. If you get a pen and piece of paper and you write down, just spend a few minutes meditating, calming yourself down, and really ask yourself the question, what do I desire? Like, what do I want? What kind of life do you want? And you always, most people come up with the same thing. Most people don't know what they want. Yeah. But we want to feel peaceful. Mm -hmm. But that's a spiritual concept, like peace. But really, what do you want? You want to be financially secure. Because we live in a capitalist world. You want to be able world. to do what you want, when you want, how you want. With who, with you, who want. you want. For as long as you want. For as long as you <laughs> want. I like that. Yeah. And that's really the freedom to just travel and meet and express. And not everyone wants these things. No, this is course, what I want. Of course. This is what I'm creating all the time. Yeah, everyone's all, different. Like yeah. Everyone wants something different. Some people might just want to do this. Mm -hmm. or, but if you're watching this podcast, the chances are you're intrigued uh, into some kind of spiritual development or you want to better yourself in some way or you want some kind of uh, change in your life. You're, you're, there's a part of you that wants growth uh, in evolution in some way. And pen and piece of paper, start writing down what you journaling want. Journaling every day. Just journaling every day. Make sure you have a journal and a pen with you. Write down what you want. Read it to yourself over and over again. When you actually write something, it releases something in your body yeah. and you can... You're expressing yourself and you can actually, if you start writing good things 
about your life, what you want, write down the story you want and create that emotion, create that, yourself that, you create that intention that you can yeah. have it and thinking. Convince yourself you can absolutely. have it. Absolutely. Like, this is right here, right now. What do I want for my life? Yeah. How do I how do I want my life to be in a year, two years, three years, five years' time? Yeah. And just here's a here's a here's a cool technique which you can try at home. Right now, I'm gonna do it on you now, actually. Okay, of course. Okay, I want you to close your eyes. Okay. I want you to imagine Joby in three years. Mm-hmm. So in 2022, mm-hmm. I want you to imagine, first of all, what you look like. What does your body look like? Hopefully taller. <laughs> well, imagine it. <laughs> so I want you to imagine what you look like. What clothes are you wearing? Mm-hmm. Just imagine it. You don't have to speak. Just imagine in your head um, your physique and the clothes you're wearing. What car do you drive? What does your house look like in three years? Not the one now, but the one you have in three years. What friends do you have? What kind of connections have you made over the three years? Mm-hmm. What kind of people, what kind of relationships have you forged and what kind of connections do you have with people? What does your partner or your whatever life situation you live in, what does it look like? Imagine it. And only you know what you want. Mm-hmm. No one can tell you that. So now I want you to imagine what it feels like to have all of those things that you're imagining right now. How does it feel to be Joby in three years? And try and match your now vibration with your imagination of in three years' time. Does it feel good? feels good to be wearing those clothes and to be driving that car. feels great to have those connections and those bonds with those people, to have the freedom to travel and to experience and to share. Now I want you to imagine what that Joby thinks like. How does Joby in three years think? What, what, how does he think about money? How does he think about his relationships? How does he treat people? What words does he use when he communicates? How does he share his abundance? How does he think about charity? How does he think about traveling? And if you can match the physical, emotional vibration with what you're imagining, and begin to think like the Joby in three years' time, then, like the observer effect, the particles will start collapsing in this present moment, and you will start manifesting that version of yourself today, if you believe it's possible. Answer yes or no. Do you believe that version of you is possible? Yes. That version of yourself that you're imagining right now is possible for you in this lifetime. Yeah. So just know that the fact that um, what you're doing now is you've opened a pocket of reality inside your mind, which we call the imagination, which is essentially an alternative dimension, which you are now looking through the window into that reality. What you're imagining right now is, is equally as real as what you're experiencing in this room. Just because it's in your mind doesn't mean that it isn't real because you created it, so it is real, essentially. What you have to do is, first of all, believe that it is possible and to continuously feel and imagine it day after day after day after day after day as a ritual. And before you know it, 
that version of you and all of the things that you want will become your physical reality in this lifetime. And that is the Egyptian model of what are the imaginations for? What's what they taught in ancient Egypt? It's what the purpose of your imagination is, is to create whatever you want. Well, it's one of the reasons we have an imagination. Feels good. Doesn't it feel good? Yeah. Feels great. And I do that with clients and I say, just keep doing that. And as you evolve, as you evolve, your imagination will also change about what you want. So in six months time, that version of you will have evolved to another version of you because as you evolve, what you want evolves. Mm. So then that red car becomes a blue Prius and that mansion becomes a flat in London. And then that girlfriend who was brunette becomes blonde. And then that travel lifestyle becomes this lifestyle. And as you evolve like branches of a tree, it also changes direction. And that is great. Because the thing that I wanted two years ago when I started doing this isn't what I want now. No. I now want something different. Of course. And I imagine that. And I'll just keep doing that. Because yeah. what else am I doing with my time? Yeah. Powerful. That's a great technique. Fantastic. I feel good. Yeah, good. <laughs> my whole body's tingling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, yeah. <laughs> you create your own reality with yeah. your thoughts. So, yeah. Good. Um, so, try that. 10 past 5. Should we wrap it up? Yeah. Go. So, thank you guys for watching this. I hope you got some value from this. I've really enjoyed doing this with Chris. Thank you for your time. You're welcome, dude. My lad. So thank good to so talk to you, finally. Absolutely. Um, so, just to finish off, I always finish a podcast with just a fun question. Okay, cool. Okay. So, would you rather be a polar bear with a giraffe's head? Okay. Or a giraffe with a polar bear's head. I think I'd rather be a polar bear with a giraffe's head. Yeah. I think that would be fun. Yeah, be fun. Yeah. A head or the whole neck? The whole neck. Oh, great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah that would be great. That would look bizarre, yeah. but amazing. So for those of you who haven't watched the podcast, I always do this just to bring a bit of imagination yeah. to the to the podcast, a bit of fun. Yeah. Um, and then gets you your mind working as well, picturing okay. something. Can I ask you a question? Yeah, absolutely. Would you rather be a lion with a seal's head? Yeah. Or a mermaid with a dolphin's head? Well, the mermaid's underwater already, so so if she's got a dolphin's head, she's going to... You're a dolphin. Yeah, you're, you're, you're a dolphin anyway, because she's, she's there already. And the dolphins are probably one of the most amazing creatures anyway. Yeah. But what was the other one with a, a lion with a seal's head? Yeah. I don't know. I quite, quite like the lion with a seal's head. Okay. The mermaid, just for me, the mermaid's a little, little bit girly, so I think I'll take the lions. What about merman? Yeah, what about merman? Well, mermaids yeah. are created somehow. Mm -hmm. I think I'll stick to the lion. Oh, okay. Yeah. Because the lions are a phenomenal creature anyway. Yeah. It's the body, the, the presence. Is very powerful. But you also have a seal's head. But the seal is quite an intriguing character anyway. You know, I just love conversation like this. It's great. See, this is just brings a bit of fun to it. <laughs> this um, is how we're ending this philosophical, spiritual yes, yeah, chat right. about law and spirituality yeah. and ego. And it's great. Like, but I can just imagine you. You're like in the Serengeti. You have a massive, <laughs> massive body. Like I'm a, a tiny grey head. Like I'm a big lion. I'm yeah, a you're a massive lion and you have a tiny grey head. What sound? You're going to last about two minutes what, in the surrogate. What, what sound come out of this? <laughs> what would it be? The, the sound of a seal. <laughs> 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 <laughs>
Coming <laughs> <laughs> to catch his pride. He's going to be dead in two minutes, though. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll be a man now. Okay. Freedom. You know, you ever follow Randas, the no. spiritual guy, Randas? Randas, well, actually, yeah, yeah, Randas yeah, yeah. is a spiritual uh, teacher, and he got into a swimming pool with a dolphin. Okay. And he said to the dolphin, oh, I love you. I love you. And the dolphin came up really close to him and was like really affectionate to him. And he was like having this, and all of the photographers around the thing were like, uh, Ramdas, dude, like, what are you doing? And he says he had this love connection with this dolphin. And he said to the dolphin, Dolphins are so they, they, they look into his eyes and he said, Oh, man, I, I, like, I love you so much to this dolphin. The dolphin was like, Oh, I love you too. Like, really connected to yeah. him. And the dolphin says, Come, come, let's go for a swim together. So Ramdas held on to the dolphin. And um, he says that they were in a symbiotic relationship, like 20 minutes under the water. And he says that Randas would hold his breath. The dolphin would take him to the bottom of this pool. The and he says that Randas would hold his breath. The dolphin would take him to the bottom of this pool, the bottom. And every time Randas had the thought, I need a breath, the dolphin would bring him to the top. He would take a breath. And then the dolphin would take, and he says he would communicate with the dolphin under the water. He would say, he would just say to the, um, he would say to the dolphin, I need another breath. And the dolphin would bring him up. And it was all done subverbally in their mind. And he says, this happened to him. And he talks about it openly in one of his talks. He was like, dolphins are very, very, very They, they use a sonar. Yeah, they've telepathic. Yeah, and they are, they use like 20% of their brains. It's insane. Yeah, and we apparently we only use like five. Yeah. Like, we use the whole lot, but we're just consciously aware of yeah. 5%. Yeah. Where 90% of it is unconscious. Yeah. That was great. Guys, thank you for joining the Over It podcast. Hope you enjoyed this uh, and we'll check you out on the next show. See you soon. Bye-bye.